Welcome to the Agape Podcast. I'm Beck, a passionate, sold-out lover of Jesus who accidentally started a Christian singles ministry. And now I want to help as many people as possible to find their husband or wife while being super healthy and full of hope. So get ready for some real, raw talk about all things singleness and dating. Hey, 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 welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today about the topic of healing from heartbreak. Now, this is something that is pretty unavoidable in the dating world, and most of us have gone through heartbreak in our time. It's kind of part and parcel with the whole dating experience. And the amazing thing is just as the Lord is with us in those moments of extreme high and love and being with a person that we want to be with, he also is really there to meet us in moments of grief and heartbreak. And when something that you dreamt about, something that you thought was going to work out or go the way that you were planning, really doesn't. And so let's talk about ways to heal from a heartbreak so that you really are healed and whole before stepping into a new relationship, right? Because I find some people are very quick to rush into the next thing. And it's oftentimes just to numb the pain of feeling heartbroken. And they're actually using that person to meet a need that only the Lord really should be meeting. And that's where we get the term like rebound, right? So it's like your rebound boyfriend. So you want to actually make sure that you're processing heartbreak in a healthy way and not just for yourself, but for the person that you're going to be dating in the future. and. If you don't do this, I've seen this oftentimes you enter a new relationship, even if there's been an adequate amount of time that has passed where you really feel like, you know what, I'm ready to jump back in the dating pool. And then what happens is the things from your ex or the things your ex used to do start to bleed into your new relationship. So for instance, um, you know, they may have cheated on you and that's how you, you know you actually ended up breaking up. And there's been time that's gone by, but you haven't really processed that pain and, you know, given it to Jesus and had forgiveness and walked through the steps of emotional healing. And so now you start dating a new guy who's really great. He's a man of God. But every time he mentions another woman, like even just in passing, like, oh, I saw this person at church today, it like triggers you. And you're like, oh my gosh, who is she? And I've seen this. This is an actual like scenario that I've seen play out where, and the guy's like, what, what, what is happening? Like, I can't even mention somebody else that, you know, I I've seen in passing. Like, I'm not even, I'm not interested in this person. Like I'm dating you. Ultimately it caused the destruction of what could have been a really good relationship because those things hadn't been dealt with. And so heartbreak can be really uh, can be really disappointing, but we're hoping that it wouldn't be devastating to who you are as a person. And if it absolutely devastates you to the core, that means that maybe you were going to dating or to that person to fulfill some needs. You had some unrealistic expectations. Um, You made them into an idol um, where they were actually filling your God spot, 
or you are just really, um, yeah, like I said, getting your needs met in that person. So when they leave, it's like, <gasps> oh no, I'm alone. I'm not getting my need met for love, affection, um, physical touch. You know, I'm not getting these needs met. And yes, community is amazing. Yes, having a boyfriend or girlfriend is amazing. And they do help to meet our needs. Our needs, first and foremost, need to be met with Jesus or in or in other good, healthy ways. And then our, our partner or the person that we're dating gets to be an addition to that. They're not supposed to be our source because when they're our source, we cling to them so tightly. And again, if the relationship doesn't pan out, it ends up being devastating rather than just disappointing. And so let's talk about a few things that we can do to make sure that we're really healing properly from heartbreak. So the first thing is really allowing yourself time to grieve, right? This is the, an amazing time to meet with Holy Spirit. What I'm not saying and what I see a lot of people do is go, oh, wow, that really sucked. Uh, okay, I'm over it. Like they sucked too. Like it was all their fault. Or, you know what, I'm going to just go out and show them and have like the most amount of fun to show them what they're missing out. I'm going to look really cute, go out on the town, put lots of pictures on social media so that they know what they're missing. And I'm just going to move on. And then usually what happens is, you know, down the line, because <laughs> it builds up because you haven't allowed yourself really time to process, um, then it all comes crashing down and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, it could be a month, it could be a couple months later when it really hits you and you're like, oh my goodness. I'm really sad. Um, and so allowing yourself time and space to really grieve is important. Um, your heart needs it. Your heart is hurting. And actually allowing yourself to feel the feelings is really important. I'm one of those people who I'm a Enneagram 7 wing 8. I'm not like super into the Enneagram, but I do find that it um, describes me pretty well because I just want to move from one fun thing to the next fun thing to the next fun thing. So I often wouldn't let my heart really... Like I wouldn't give it space or even allow it to process things of pain because I'm like, well, that's not fun. I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer. Let's just move on to the next fun thing. And I realized that a lot of these emotionally taxing experiences were really just compounding upon each, like on each other till all of a sudden I'm like having like a breakdown. And I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, oh, I, I never just sit in my emotions. The other thing too is, I wasn't allowing the Lord to come into those places of pain. He wasn't able to minister to me because one, I wasn't allowing myself to feel them. And two, I wasn't allowing him to come into that. And so I really missed out on some really sweet times um, to meet the Lord in that place because I just moved on too quickly. And so allowing yourself to feel the emotions, feel the grief, feel the pain um, without trying to prematurely rush through it. And it's hard because you know, we always want to move away from pain and into pleasure, right? And so feeling pain is not fun, but it's really, I think it's a really important part of the human experience. It's a really important part of connecting with God. Like God wants to be in our pain as well as in our pleasure. And so as I read through the Psalms, I'm like, David was it like angry at times and he was like depressed. He was like, he had a myriad of emotions. And you know what? He went to the Lord with all of them and the Lord met him in that place. And he was called a man after God's heart. So allowing ourselves to feel the emotions and grieve is really important. Um, and it's a really important part of the process. 
the second thing that I think is really important is actually forgiveness. And I'm not just talking about, okay, Lord, I forgive, you know, this guy or this girl and then moving on. I'm talking about specific forgiveness. Oftentimes we're harboring resentment, hurt, um, our right to be right. Like we're holding on to that right to be right. Like I'm right. Like they should be punished. They did me wrong. Um, you know, sometimes it turns into gossip. Like I want to tell everybody what this person did. It's actually super dishonoring. Um, and it's like, I want vengeance. And so sometimes I say, I see these ladies going around, like spreading the story about the guy that broke up with them. Um, and it really is true. It's like hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned, but you actually want to, the Bible says to outdo one another in honor and showing honor. And so, you know, that actually looks like not doing that, not gossiping, not spreading, you know, things, telling everybody, but actually having community that you go to. Like I would have one or two people that I would tell everything to. And then to the general public, when they said like, Hey, what happened? I'd be like, Hey, like, you know, we just weren't compatible or we decided to go our separate ways. Or I just made sure I was really honoring that person uh, rather than slandering them, regardless of whether what I was saying was accurate for me or my recollection of the person. Um, I still think it's it really important, but that's where forgiveness comes in. Like forgiveness is literally releasing that person in my mind of anything that they owe me. And and giving that to God. And I remember the Lord once said I had an ex-boyfriend that wasn't treating me super well at the time. And I wanted to tell everybody and I wanted to go to leadership. And and I just remember the Lord saying, vengeance is mine. Like, like I'm the judge, not you. Like, don't you know that I see everything and I'm the one that's going to kind of like sort out the situation and hold him accountable. And it was really hard to lay down my right to be right because I was being held back from being part of a group that I really wanted to join and that I had been a part of previously because this person was in leadership. But I just felt like, okay, God, like I just trust you. Um, and it, and you know what? He really worked for good when I laid down my right to be right. My, I laid down my um, belief that, you know, I'm in the right and I have this like self-righteous indignation <laughs> um, where I'm like, people need to know and rah, rah, rah. Now this is different than like, you know, um, warning church leaders of a wolf in sheep's clothing or somebody that's actually like out to be detrimental to the body or um, being very, or someone who's very sexually promiscuous where you go on a date and they're like, you know, trying to get in your pants. Like that's different. But I'm talking about generally just being really honoring and forgiveness really unlocks that. But it also unlocks your heart. Like the Bible literally says to bless your enemies. Um, And, you know, how many times are we called to forgive? 70 times seven, right? And so there is no excuse to not forgive. Um, And the Bible is really clear about that because we have been given, we have been forgiven much. We can forgive much. Um, But it really sets your heart free. Right, I just see people holding on to unforgiveness and bit, and it really has a, this deep root of bitterness um, that then permeates their future relationships, um, or even you know the way that you talk about your ex can really turn off a future prospective people that want to date you. When you start talking about they did this, they did that, and there's so much anger or uh, resentment or aggression or even just bitterness. Uh, I know that for me, if I was on a date with somebody that did that, it really turned me off. I was like, ooh, 
you know, there's obviously still something here. And just hearing the way that this person speaks about this other person, there's no honor, there's no love, there's no, you know, like they were a good person, but we just didn't work out or, you know, um, they had a lot of good qualities. And, you know, it's like they say, avoid anyone who says like, oh, my ex was crazy, um, you know, because you're only hearing one side of the story, right? And so forgiveness is a really big key. And I would encourage you, Go through the steps. Go through specifics. I forgive them for this. I forgive them for that. Even if you need to write a list of everything that you need to forgive them for. It's really powerful. Um, I had a boyfriend back in my early 20s and we'd only been dating like a couple months. Um, and the first disagreement we had, he broke up with me. And he was already talking about marriage. So like my heart was really invested. And then he broke up with me because we had our first conflict. It wasn't even like a big fight. We just disagreed about something and it wasn't even a fundamental thing. And he used uh, the book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. And he was like, hey, we've had our first like thing that we don't agree on. And this book says that, you know, if you don't agree on stuff, then you're not meant to be together. He broke up with me and I was devastated. And because of how much I hadn't guarded my heart and had become so invested, um, it took like a year for me to get over him. Like every time I was around him, I would just cry. And he, we went to the same church. It was heartbreaking. I would see him and my heart would break. And what really unlocked the doors for me was I started to speak forgiveness over him and forgive him for leading me on, not guarding my heart, all the things I could think of. But then my third point is I started to bless him. So, you know, the Bible says, bless those who curse you um, and bless your enemies and pray for those who, I think it's pray for them. Yeah. And so I was, I would pray for him and I would bless him. And I would say, Lord, I pray that you will bless his future wife, bless his, you know, future family. And I would just pray over him. Lord, I pray that he'll go deeper with you. Um, And as I did that, things literally broke off me and I could be around him and that no longer had a hold on me anymore. Um, you know, I, I, he was just another person at my church after that. And so speaking out specific blessings and every time I started to feel myself get hurt or, you know, I I would see him and I would start to feel triggered. I would literally be like, Lord, if I had to forgive him for something, I would ask the Lord to search my heart. Is there anything I need to forgive him for? And then I would bless him. Lord, I bless him for this. I bless him that. Um, I pray that, you know, you'll bless the work of his hand, that his business would grow, like whatever it was that I just felt to pray over him. And that actually completely changed my life because for a year I was like kind of in torment. Every time I was around him, I was just miserable. And then that really unlocked the gate for me. The fourth thing excuse me, I want to focus on is really giving yourself space to heal. And that means limiting contact with your ex. Some people break up and then like the next week they're talking again. Oh, we're just going to hang out as friends. It Guys, it never goes well. I've never seen it go well. Usually what happens is they start hanging out, but now there's no commitment and they start pushing boundaries, especially sexual boundaries. Um, because they're trying to force some sort of false intimacy because they're really upset that they got that they broke up. They want to be together, but there's obviously a reason they're not together. One person maybe is pushing the um, physicality a little bit more to feel connected because, again, now there's no commitment, but they still want to feel connected. And honestly, it just ends up being like an absolute dumpster fire. 
Um, and what, and secondly, it's really not good for your heart, <laughs> right? Like you need space to heal. You need space away from this person. And so I always suggest like, Hey, you need to spend like at least a month with no contact. You need to focus on yourself. You need to heal. You don't need, like you're broken up for a reason. You don't need that person sliding into your DMS. How's your day? Like messaging you all throughout the day because you guys miss each other. Like you actually need to break that bond now. Because without that, like that, there's not a place of emotional health to be current. Like some people break up and they still act like they're dating, but they're technically broken up. And then, you know, hearts end, end up getting really involved. Uh, people feel led on. One person's hopeful, the other one's not. Like there's just no real healing that's taken place. And they've rushed back into this pseudo relationship that isn't really a relationship, right? And so, having a distance from that person so your heart can have what it needs to really process and have time with the Lord and not be influenced by contact with this person is really important. And it's hard because you do want to talk to them. You know, they were your person for a really long time. And it's like all of a sudden your life has completely changed, especially if you've been together for a while. But having that space is so important. And there is real wisdom in giving yourself that time. And so I just want to encourage you, take that time that you need. I would say a minimum of a month of no contact. Like it's really important uh, to your emotional health. And then, you know, another point is make sure you have community. You have community to support. Let your people know what's going on. Don't suffer in silence. Um, Don't fear being judged. Like people would say, I told you so, or, um, you know, you know, you rushed into this is why you're going through that. If you have friends that would say those sort of things to you, they're not your people. (laughs) Um, You know, I remember feeling like, oh man, another one didn't work out. I feel like such a failure. I don't want people to know. And that those would be the times when I'd have to push into community because the enemy wants to isolate you and make you feel not good enough. And, you know, hurl all kinds of accusations at you about your worth and your value um, about, oh, no one will want to be with you because this person didn't, all these lies. And you need support there. You need community to come in and say, that's crap. Like, that's not true at all. Go back to the pit of hell. Like, we see you. We love you. We know who you are. And this is not who you are. So make sure you have people there to hold your hands up when you're not able to do it yourself, right? Um, And then really. Another point is take some time for self-reflection and really this is a great time to say, okay, I know that breakups aren't all one-sided, right? Even if I have 2% to contribute to this breakup, um, that's still my 2%. And so what did I do that contributed to this outcome? What could I have done better in this relationship to love this person better? Um, What are some things that I could learn from this experience? How can I grow as a person? How can I grow in Christ-likeness? And actually allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and bring conviction. And that's really different than condemnation, right? But actually going, okay, I'm going to, Lord, convict me of anything on my side that I need to work on. Anything that led to this outcome, um, you know, maybe this person just wasn't for me and that's okay. But is there anything that I could have done better or differently? that would have actually, um, you know, loved this person better because that's really what it's about. We want to leave people better off than how we found them. 
And relationships sharpen us and they bring out the best, but also the worst in us. And so having that time of self-reflection of, okay, what can I learn from this experience? How can I become a better person and a better partner for future, you know, dating relationships? That's a really important and really critical piece of healing from breakup is actually learning from past encounters. You know, when I was like super needy um, and I'd go through a breakup, I'm like, okay, I was really needy in that relationship, you know, and I didn't have, I wasn't hearing the voice of the spirit in the same way. And so I didn't know to process that with the Lord. But once I did, you know, I I was a lot more emotionally healthy by the time I knew how to hear God's voice. And so dealing with a breakup, I still have that self-reflection. Oh, there were times I didn't honor him well. There were times I didn't speak well of him to others. Okay. I need to work on that. Um, you know, but also just being like, hey, I'm actually really proud of myself for knowing when something wasn't compatible and for walking away from a good thing in order to have a great thing, which is now what I have with my husband, right? Um, and so self-reflection is really important. And another thing that I wanted to touch on is having compassion for yourself and not blaming, not blaming yourself or blaming the other. You know, there it always takes two to tango. And like I said, even if it's you contributed 2% to the breakup, owning your 2% is really important, right? And so having compassion of like, okay, there may have been some things that I did that contributed to this, but I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to get stuck in a condemnation spiral of and, and allow the enemy to start convincing me that you know, no one's ever going to love you. No one's ever going to care about you. Um, all these just lies that the enemy tries to come in, you know, during this time. Um, it's never going to happen. Like these kinds of things, like actually, no, I'm not partnering with that. And I'm not blaming myself. I'm going to have compassion for myself. I'm going to give myself what I need in this season of grieving. And, um, I think that's really important. And then, and the next thing I wanted to touch on was self-care, which kind of ties into it making sure you're looking after yourself. You know, while you're healing from heartache or heartbreak, it can be really easy to just focus on that and to stop caring for yourself. But I want to encourage you, you will actually just feel better if you're looking after yourself emotionally, physically, you know, you're eating well, you're still going to the gym or doing activities that you love. You're still doing the hobbies that interest you. You know, it doesn't mean you can't have a night off and be like, you know what, I just need to be home and just let myself feel my emotions, but completely detaching from the things that give you life isn't really caring for yourself or loving yourself well. And so, you know, focusing on self-care or even be like, maybe I just need to rest. Like some dating experiences are really like hot and heavy, go, go, go. We're hanging out all the time. And you're like, man, I haven't slept properly, which honestly, if you're doing that probably shows a lack of boundaries. Um, But resting, you know, if or if you've had a really emotional time and you've been crying a lot, your body just needs rest to like catch up. You know, um maybe this is a time where you incorporate community and be like, I just need some really good food. Does anyone want to like bring me over some Thai food? I'll pay for my new food, but just come and spend some time with me because I know my heart needs like a girl night. And you invite like three of your girlfriends over and you have like a slumber party and you watch chick flicks and you just giggle, you know, or whatever it is, you know, that might be something that your heart needs as well. So have compassion on yourself and show yourself some self-care. Don't just stop looking after yourself. It can be really easy to want to do that 
or, um, you know, even if having a night where you binge on ice cream and chips and, you know, soda and just everything that you know you shouldn't be eating or having, that's different than like now this becomes my lifestyle because I'm depressed and I'm down and I'm just going to eat my emotions. Um, and you know, that will make me feel better. Again, anytime we go to something other than Jesus, it's like, that's our idol for comfort. Right. And so, oh, I actually need to be finding this comfort in the Lord rather than eating or looking super cute to make myself feel better or whatever it is. We want to be going to Jesus first, but we also don't want to be not looking after ourselves in this time. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was having good boundaries, right? So boundaries are really important during this time. Like I already spoke about limiting contact with your ex is really important, but also you're allowed to put boundaries around activities that might put you in proximity with them. Um, You know, if, if they go to the, you know, you have the same friendship group and you're all going out and doing stuff and you know he's going to be there. You're allowed to have boundaries that say, you know what, um, for this next bit of time until I really feel like I've healed, I'm actually not going to participate in certain things uh, I'm not going, or I'm not going to do certain activities that really remind me of him because it's just going to make my heart a little bit too sore. Um, it's just going to hurt me and it's not going to be productive while I'm grieving. And there will be a time when I can go back to those activities and I can go back into those friendship groups and participate and be fully there, but I need to give my heart time to catch up. And that's totally fine. This is a great opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit in and ask him, what kind of boundaries do I need to have around this to protect myself and guard my heart, not to put up walls, but to really guard my heart and allow myself to fully grieve and come out the other side so that I can, you know, be emotionally healthy when I move into just life in general and, you know, new dating experiences. And the last thing I really want to encourage you guys to to do is focus on hope. So it can be really hopeless when we're going through a breakup of like, you know, well, I thought this one was it. You know, when am I ever going to get married? How is this ever going to happen? Um, you know, it can get a little bit hopeless, right? And sometimes we'll even make um, ungodly vows. You know what? I'm not dating anymore. Um, an ungodly vow is any vow that God is not a part of. And an ungodly vow, the enemy just attaches himself to it and causes all sort of, sorts of havoc in our lives. So if you've made any ungodly vows that you can think of that the Lord is talking to you about, I encourage you to quickly repent from them, turn from them. Uh, we only want to make vows that God is present in. Um, and so some people, you know, they do say that I'm not dating anymore. I'm done with men. Um, all men are the same, like all women are the same, like all these things that just aren't true. But the enemy just comes in and goes, hey, you've just opened a door for me. <laughs> and that's not what we want. So really focusing on hope. Okay, God, I'm feeling hopeless. How can I fight for my hope levels? How can I t- contend in this area of my life? What does my heart need? Okay, I need to focus on things that bring hope. I'm going to listen to some love story testimonies. I'm going to ask my friends how they met and fell in love and got married. Um, I'm going to stop scrolling through Instagram and looking at fun, happy couples. I'm going to stop going to TikTok and looking at amazing married couples. You know, that just, these things just bring up envy in my heart. Um, you know, I'm going to get something as a prophetic declaration to put in my room that every time I look at it, I'm going to be reminded of God's goodness in this area in my life. Like whatever it is that you need to cultivate hope around this area of your life, go for that and, and, and 
Uh, be intentional with it because the enemy truly does come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't want you feeling hopeful, you know, it, for your dating life, especially after a breakup. It, you know, I was reading today, I think it's Matthew 3, uh, where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the enemy literally left. He, he couldn't tempt him while he was in the wilderness, but it said he left and he, um, waited for an opportune time. And so a lot of times the enemy comes during a breakup because it's when we're most vulnerable, we're weak, we're not feeling strong, we're, you know, not on our A game. Um, we're more on the defensive rather than the offensive. And it's a really good time for him to come and try to steal our hope and, and make us feel down. And I've heard some friends say things that I never thought that they would say during breakups, like, you know what, I'm done with women. Um, nobody's ever going to like me. And these are strong, confident, attractive people who are just going through a hard time. But man, they're just like, no, nah, I'm just a terrible person. Like, um, you know, I'm not good enough for them. Like, oh yeah, I'll get mediocre people, but no one that's actually amazing, you know? And it's like, okay, slap, slap. Like, that's not true. <laughs> like, you know, you just want to slap him across the face and be like, dude, that is such crap. Like, no, we're not talking, we're not saying that. That is a lie of the enemy. Um, you know, and so having community that will do that for you and also fighting for your hope levels is so important. Um, and so I just really want to encourage you, for those of you who have gone through a heartbreak or are going through a heartbreak, there is light at the end of the tunnel. The Lord is there to meet with you in this place. He loves you and he cares about your emotions. And you can have such a depth of intimacy with the Lord in this place where it's unlike anything that you've ever experienced before. And it literally says his power is made perfect in your weakness. And so when we are weak, he is strong. And I think sometimes he's waiting for that invitation to meet you in this place and you'll be really surprised at what he does. And so I just want to pray for you guys before we go. <clears throat> Jesus, I just thank you for each person who's listening to this podcast. Lord, I thank you for their hearts. Father, we just pray for healing from heartbreak. Pray for hearts to be restored, hearts to be mended. Lord, I thank you that you love each and every person. And I just ask your Holy Spirit to breathe comfort upon them, to love them well, to show them your grace and your mercy in this situation, and to lead them into forgiveness and blessing the person that hurt them. Father, we pray for complete and total healing of their hearts uh, so that they do not carry these situations and these painful memories with them throughout their lives or into their next relationships. Lord, I pray that you will lead them into exactly what they need to do in order to leave this in this season and move on from it. And Father, I just thank you that you love them and that you walk with them through all of this. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.